0: Right, folks, what I want you to do right now is I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to First Thessalonians chapter three. First Thessalonians chapter three, and uh, we're going to focus on verses sixteen through the end of chap through the end of the chapter, uh, verse thirteen. And and you know that we have been really going through First Thessalonians as really looking for guidance, really, and trying to find the peace that we have in Christ in the coming storm. And I think that's really appropriate to the times that we live in. Just as the Thessalonians were going through struggles and persecution, and as they were dealing with false teachers and, and trying to maintain their faith and grow in their faith in their troubled times, that's true for you and I today in our troubled times. And so there are some things that we can learn from First Thessalonians that we can apply to our lives and that we can act on. And I, fi- I think that's going to be definitely true today as we look at these closing verses of chapter three, as Paul shares about his concern for the excuse me, his concern for the Thessalonians. And he's going to talk about prayer. I think that's really the one thing that we have that we can do for each other, especially in these times right now of social isolation, which we are really required to do. We can still pray for each other, and as a church family, we can pray for each other. I think, you know, back at the beginning of the crisis, the elders of our church, we we called the church, and I hope you're still doing that, to set aside 30 minutes on Thursday to pray about whatever God lays on your heart. And and today we're going to talk about some things that you can pray about, and that's basically everybody else in the church family or others around you. And so we're going to look today at this whole issue, because I'm going to be honest with you, it is so important And it's so helpful to your Christian life, to your walk with Jesus, that you get your eyes off of yourself and all of the troubles that are happening around you and that you begin to look at the needs around you that others are having, especially those within your church family or Christian friends that you have, and that you begin to pray for them. And especially in these troubled times that we're in, I can almost guarantee you there is something that you could be praying about for your brother or sister in Christ who you used to gather with when we could here at the church. So let's take our Bibles. If you want, you can look on your screen or you can look in your own Bible. We're going to see what Paul is saying here in these closing verses. Here's what he says in verse 6. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also see you, therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted, comforted concerning you by your faith for now we live if we if you stand fast in the lord for what thanks can we render to god for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our god night and day praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect What is lacking in your faith? Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness Before our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Folks, here's what we're going to do now. We're going to take this passage and really divide it into two sections. And I really think, so far, of the messages that we have done so far, they've all been very important I really think that what we're going to talk about today from this passage is probably the most important thing that you can get so far out of these three chapters. Everything else was important. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot that we've talked about. All of God's word is important. But I think about where our church is at right now. This one area is the area that we really need to focus on, that we really need help in, that we really need to be strengthened in. And why do I say that? Because I'll be honest with you, if you're like me, prayer is the biggest struggle I have in the Christian life. I mean, yes, Bible reading's hard, but it's really easier for me to read the Bible than it is to pray. And a lot of times the struggle with prayer, I mean, there are a lot of reasons for it, But some of it has to do with, I don't know what to pray about or who to pray for. And when you talk about coming to church and being a part of a church family, I'll just be honest with you, I know this is true for me, we just kind of take people for granted. Oh, there's so-and-so, it's great to see them this week, I hope they had a good week. But we're really not really going beyond that. Oh, I know that she's struggling with this health issue. Oh, I'll pray for her, and we won't even say that. I'll pray for you, but let's be very honest. For the most part, a lot of us, that's all we do, is offer an encouragement that says we'll pray for them, but we don't. And I think what we see here in this passage, as Paul has been really expressing his concern and desire to go see the Thessalonians, he did pray for them. And that prayer came out of a concern. And and that's what we're going to focus on here. In verses 6 through 10, we're going to see his concern. And then when we get to verses 11 through 13, we're going to see the things that he prayed for. And hopefully that's going to guide you and I in our prayer lives and, and really motivate us and drive you and I to pray for one another, to pray for our church family and the people who gather as the Kerwinsville Christian Church and to pray for our Christian friends and family members. Because again, our tendency is to take people for granted, and to focus my attention and my prayer life on me. Me. So let's look at this together. So let's talk about the concern. I'm going to first focus on verses 6 through 7. Look at what Paul says here. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith by your faith now the first thing i want you to see is is that what drove him to prayer was his concern and what drove that concern was their faith so here's the first point the condition of their faith affected them the condition of their faith affected them so listen when you think about it for a moment. What drove Paul was, where were they in their relationship with Jesus? Now, you say he wasn't concerned about other things. I'm sure he was concerned about other things. But foremost, he was concerned about their relationship with Jesus, their faith. And I'll tell you why. Because no matter what else they were facing, Their relationship with Jesus, if they were strong there, they could face whatever. And that's true for you and I. So when you think about when we come together as a church, or when we interact with other believers, and when we interact with our church family on a typical week or whatever, I think it's very important for you and I to take a step back and think for a moment How are they doing in their walk with Jesus? And some of you already know that. Some of you interact enough with people in our congregation or in your life who are believers, and you can see sometimes the Holy Spirit even reveals to you that they're not doing well, that they're bothered by something, or they're ensnared to a sin that they're distracted from their relationship with Jesus. And and I'll be honest with you, the typical answer we have with that is, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that that that's going on with them. And we just go on with our lives. Doesn't affect us. And then later, when we hear that they fell away or they walked away or they gave up, then we say, Oh my, isn't that terrible? Wow, I wish, I wish somebody could have been there for them. I saw that one coming. Isn't that what we say? I saw that one coming. Really? You saw it coming. And it didn't affect you. That your brother and sister in Christ, your friend at church, was struggling and it didn't affect you. And, and I'm not just talking about you folks, I'm talking about me. This is a reality. You, we, we need to be concerned for each other and where we are in our relationship with Jesus. And that really requires that we look beyond ourselves, okay? Here's the second thing I want you to see. Look with me at, again, at the passage. I want you to see what Paul's talking about here. Their faith comforted and strengthened them. Their faith comforted and strengthened them. We see that in verse 8. For now we live if you stand fast in the lord now we live if you stand fast in the lord what motivated them what encouraged them because their faith does affect them and the faith of those around you should affect you is that when you see people who are doing well with christ that should comfort you. Listen, I'm not talking about, okay, so you know, have somebody that you know that's really going through it right now. Maybe they're struggling with a health issue, relationship issues, work problems, you name it. They're struggling. And yes, you feel for them as they're struggling. What brings you comfort is watching them face that because you know they're holding on to Jesus. Just like the song we, the worship team shared earlier, my lighthouse, that was the lighthouse in the midst of their storm is Christ. Th- that's, that's the reality. Their concern is, is their faith. And when their faith is strong in the midst of everything that's going on, that brings you comfort. That strengthens you. That's what we see here. That's what's so, so important. There's one other thing I want you to see about their concern. Okay, One other thing I want you to see about their concern. We see it in verses 9 and 10. Paul writes, For what thanks can we render to God for you and for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God? night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Here's the next thing I want you to see, okay? The next thing. It produced thankfulness and joy and prayer. It produced thankfulness and joy in prayer. Okay, so as they were concerned... Okay, as they were concerned for their brother and sister in Christ, and, and how their faith was in the midst of the upheaval that is happening around them. Boy, that sounds really good right now. Are you concerned about others that you know and are friends with who are believers, and are you concerned about how their faith is holding out in the midst of this crisis that is happening around us? And What it did was, is when they saw that they were doing okay, it produced in them two things. Thankfulness, thankfulness and joy, which they manifested in prayer. It resulted in them going to prayer. So whether they were concerned for them or whether they were encouraged by them because of how they were handling life around them, it still resulted in the same thing praying for them. But my, don't we take too much for granted, don't we? We take for granted our brother and sister in Christ who we've been connecting with in a church family for a long, long time, and we just assume that they're going to be okay. And even when we see that they are doing okay, I can almost guarantee you we're not praying for them. But Paul did. Paul did pray for them. And, and that's really what I'm encouraging you and I'm encouraging myself. That we need to pray for them. So even, can I, can I be honest with you, this is very convicting for me. So like even this week, as, as I am interacting with different people. So I'm, I'm talking to people in our church and, and I am hearing about what they're going through. Some of them are struggling with health issues. Some of them have family members that are struggling with health issues. Some of them are facing financial difficulties and struggles and dealing with this office and dealing with this insurance thing. And, deal, and, and, and so I'm listening to that, I'm listening to that, and you're saying, well, George, you, yeah, you should be praying for them. Yeah, you're right. But a lot of times, just like you, I think I should be praying for them, but then when it comes right down to it, everything else distracts me, just like you're distracted. And we need to pray. We need to take our concern. It's not that I'm not concerned for them. It's not that you're not concerned. We need to take our concern to the next level and pray. Because we know The only hope is God for their situation, for our situations. So that's why I think it's so powerful what Paul shares in verses 11 through 13. I'm going to show you five things that I saw in this passage That I'm, I'm praying and I've, and I've prayed that God will speak to you about as we pray for each other. Five things to pray. Five things to focus on as we pray for each other. Now listen, you say, well, who, who do I need to pray? Well, you, you know, what you can do is you can take a church directory and, and kind of go through it and pray for all the families. But a lot of times it's the things that God presents you with. The people he, the Spirit will bring to mind that you need to pray for. And that happens a lot. Maybe you want to start out with the directory, but a lot of times it's as you are aware of things in the lives of your church family and believers who are in your family or who are your friends. So here's the five, okay? Let's start off. Look with me, verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. What's he talking about here? Well, the thing that Paul's praying about here now is he's praying about them being able to go see the Thessalonians. You say, okay, well, that's, that's Paul praying about him going to see the Thessalonians, George. What's the point for you and I? Well, here's the point. Here's the point. He prayed about the current state of their relationship. That's the first thing you need to pray about. So in Paul's situation, concerning the current state of his relationship with the Thessalonians, he was praying, God, direct my path to them. Make a way for me to go see the Thessalonians. For you and I as we think about how we are interacting with each other in a church family, as we think about how we interact with our friends, as we think about those who are in our families that are believers, we need to pray about the current state of our relationship with them. So you need to pray about how is your relationship with others in the church family? How is your relationship with the believers in your family unit? How is it in your relationship with believers outside of that, that you maybe are friends with or work. But you're going to pray about your relationship and what needs to take place there. And So for some of you, maybe it means healing to that relationship. Maybe it means reconciliation, where you reconcile because there's been a disagreement. Maybe it's the... Praying about forgiving someone because they've done something. And let me just tell you, in church, if you haven't been to church long enough, you'll figure this out. At some point, somebody's going to irritate you. At some point, somebody's going to offend you. That's reality about being a part of a church family. You can't have... This many people with this many views and this many thoughts about this and these many people who are supporting something other than the Steelers, I'll be honest with you, at some point, somebody's going to say something that or do something that offends you. So there's a lot to pray about, isn't there? There's a lot to pray about. He prayed about the current state of their relationship notice now with me verse 12 and may the lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you all right here's the next thing i want you to see that you're to pray about for each other all right He prayed that they would increase and abound in love. Okay? Increase and abound in love. Basically, he's saying two things here. I want you to listen to me. He's praying that they would increase in their love. And that is really true for all of us, especially in the age of rage that we live in right now. That is so easy to be caught up in. We are so offended as a society by everything. And the last thing that we are seeing from people is love. And that's even true among believers, the people who should be expressing love. Isn't that what Jesus said in the upper room? By this shall they know that you are my disciples, John says, by your love. For one another. This is one of the, the key expressions. Of you being a believer. Is love. And so he's praying. That they would increase in love. And not just increase. But love would abound in their lives. Love would overflow out of their lives. As they interact with others. As they go about. About. Their lives. Love. I I, I hate to say it that right now, love is not the thing that's motivating me or you in our daily lives and how we interact, especially when we look at the issue of politics. We're in an election year. Holy cow. Love is not being expressed by God's children. No matter what side you're on. That's reality. But that's what we should be praying for, praying that love would abound. And where should that love be directed to? I, I think that one's pretty easy, George, towards each other. No, no, he gets a little bit more specific here where that love should go. It's going to probably shock you what he's saying here, but look at what he says, okay? Look at what he says, verse, verse 12, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love towards one another. There you go, George. Towards each other in the church. Yes, I understand. Yeah, but listen. And, uh oh, to all. Who's that? Everyone else. Everyone else. That includes... People who aren't like you. To all. People who hold differing opinions than you. People who hold different political views than you. You need to increase in love and abound towards one another in that way. I need to do that. That's what we're called to. The love was to be shown to those inside and outside of the church. That's the point I want you to see here. The love was to be shown to those inside and outside of the church. That's what's missing right now from our churches. It's not what we believe about this issue or stand on that issue. It's, it's do we love people? And that doesn't mean you compromise but that means you're guided by love and concern. And listen, when you're praying, you're praying, first of all, for your, the status of your relationship, but you're next you're praying for them to increase in love. And that that love would abound in them, and that love would overflow out of them towards others within the church family, but also outside of the church family, even people that you don't like or agree with or you have strong feelings about. That should be guiding us as believers. What I'm talking about is not for society as a whole. This cannot be imposed on unbelievers because they don't understand this because the spirit of love isn't in them, but it's in you. And it's in your brother and sister in Christ that you're praying for. Here's the fourth thing I want you to see. We see it in verse 13. Verse 13, he says, So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. These two are going to be very important for you and I to pray about for each other. I would say they're very important for you and I to pray about for yourselves, for myself. Here it is. Here's the first one. He prayed that the Lord would strengthen their hearts. That the Lord would strengthen their hearts. Now when we talk about hearts here, I'm not talking about that muscle that's beating in your chest that's providing circulation for your body that is necessary for you to live. I'm not talking about that heart. I'm talking about the heart which represents the whole of who you are as a person. The essence of who you are. He's praying that the Lord would strengthen the essence of who you are as a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's really what we should be praying for each other. Especially, you know, when you're concerned and you're noticing that there is a brother or sister that you are interacting with and you know that they're not doing well. You know that, like, with the chaos that's happening in in the world around us, that they're not responding well to that. In fact, they're really, really reflecting really some unbiblical attitudes, you've got to be praying God strengthen them. Strengthen their heart. Strengthen their relationship with you. Strengthen who they are as believers. You've got to be praying that for them. My, do we need to pray for each other in these times. That is so important. So important. And here, here's the next thing I want you to see, the final thing that we pray for. And again, really think about this one. This would prepare them to stand before the Lord at his coming. See, when you're praying for the Lord to strengthen them, notice what he said, strengthen their hearts blameless you are praying for them. and I hope you're praying this for yourself. The Lord, you you will prepare them for the day when they stand before you. Whenever that may be. Whether he come for them in the rapture, when he takes the church, or whether they go to be with him through death. That they will be ready and, and I think that's what's missing is is that we, we, we lose sight of the fact that all of us will one day stand before Jesus. Paul describes that as the day of terror. What do you mean, George? Well, I mean, think about it for a moment. You know, I, I think about times when I've been called before authority. There is an apprehensiveness on my part. There is an anxiety about coming before somebody who is a superior and wondering what that's going to be like. Like, for instance, I think about growing up and my dad wanting to talk to me. And and, and for me, that was a lot of nervousness, like, what did I get caught about? And and there is there should be a fear a godly fear in all of us about one day having to stand before Jesus and having every idle word brought into account every stupid thing that we have said brought into account every action and every deed having to give an account for it the stuff that you and I have forgotten about will be brought up and oh we'll remember him at that moment but see that's what we're praying. We're praying for each other to be ready for that. That's what Paul's talking about here. He's praying that the Lord would establish their hearts blameless before God and the Lord Jesus at his coming. That is so, so important for you and I to grasp. That's how we should be praying for each other. So now, I think we realize how we need to pray for each other, right? So let me give you two thoughts, two more thoughts as we close our time. Two more things to hopefully stir you a little bit, okay? Two two more things, okay? Here's the first one. It's a question. Are you in tune to the spiritual lives of those around you. All right, so I'm I'm not asking you to be like a pastor who is responsible for the spiritual lives of those the entire congregation. That's that's my responsibility that's been given to me that I be concerned about how each and every one of you are doing. And that in itself is overwhelming. But there you are and in your circle of life whether that be your immediate family, your children, your wife, your husband, whether that be extended family, whether that be the people that you interact with at church, that you come in contact with, that you're friends with, whether that be your Christian friends that you have at work or in your social gatherings or whatever, are you in tune in that world that you exist in to the spiritual lives Of others around you. How are they doing in their relationship with Jesus Christ? You really need to think about that. How are they doing? Quit taking it for granted. I can almost guarantee you that somebody in that sphere of influence that you're in isn't doing well. And you know it. But you've taken it for granted. And when they don't do well, I hope you and I would not say, I saw that one coming. Really? If you saw it coming, what did you do about it? What did I do about it? Are you in tune the spiritual lives of those around you. Here's my last point I want you to grasp, okay? Allow your concern and joy for others to drive you to pray for them. Allow your concern and joy for others to drive you to pray for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you're seeing people and they are struggling, you need to let that drive you to prayer, When you see them doing well, you need to let that drive you to prayer to give thanks and praise. God, I'm thankful that they're doing good. Help them to continue to do good. Listen, I've learned this long ago. God usually reveals things to us because he wants us to pray about them. Satan's direct opposite to showing us things about people's lives. The direct opposite is gossip. And can I tell you something? One of the worst gossips that we have is prayer requests where we pray people in the back. Oh, pray for so-and-so because I've been seeing this. No, really, sometimes you don't need to share that. What you need to do is talk to God about it. Not with everybody else because it doesn't typically get prayed for. It gets typically talked about if you see something God's revealing something to you it's because he wants you to pray first and then maybe number two after you've prayed do something that's what we're called to If you think about it for a moment, how different would we be as a church and as believers in this society if we began praying this way? That, my friends, is something to pray for. Something for you and I to think about. Let me pray for you.